Well, there are certainly mixed opinions about where we go from here. If the banking crisis is contained, with inflation still not back in the box, will central banks keep pushing higher? If so, how far and how fast? Well, we're getting mixed opinions from the Fed. As one official has put it, at best we are moving sideways. So, what and when? And what of inflation locally and the uh, work of the RBA? Well, we don't get Australian inflation numbers for another week, but we do get New Zealand's CPI this week. That could give us a bit of a hint. It's Monday, the 17th of April, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. A bad end to the week for stocks. The Dow and the Nasdaq lost about 0.4% on Friday and 0.2% fall for the S&P 500, but a half percent rise for the ASX 200 and European stocks doing well as well, a 0.6% rise for the Euro stocks 50 and half percent for the DAX and the CAC 40. Uh, over a short week, actually, the ASX 200 climbed 2% last week compared to just 0.8% for the S&P 500 and 1.3% for the DAX. Quite a bit of bond action at the end of the week with 10-year treasuries up, Seven basis points, about 12 over the week. A similar increase in yields for 10 years across Europe, a bit higher at nine basis points for 10-year gilts. In fact, they were up 23 over the week and Australia somewhere in the middle with 10 years rising 14 basis points last week to 3.33%, all the threes. Meanwhile, three-year yields rose 16 basis points last week to 2.96%. And the US dollar was up half a percent on Friday on the DXY. Until then, last week, it was uh, over 1% down and at its lowest level for the year so far. But Friday's rise in the dollar was offset by a similar size fall in the euro, half percent down, a 0.9% drop in the yen and the pound. Uh, but the Aussie dollar down even more, losing 1.1% on Friday to a little over, little over 67 US cents. And oil, well, that's been up and down, hasn't it? Up 0.4% on Friday for WTI, up 3.5% for Brent. Brent at 86.31 on Friday, picking up from the losses on Thursday, but still a way off uh, Wednesday's peak. So interesting why shares were down and bond yields up on Friday. It seems we're expecting more from central banks. Uh, let's talk about that with NAB's Taylor Nugent. I mean, it, it was mixed economic news, wasn't it, at the end of the week? Because retail sales month on month in March 1% down, that was more than expected, a bigger fall than expected, but industrial production from March, 0.4% up, uh, also more than expected. So a bit of bad news and good news. But of course, we know these days, bad news can be good news if it means central banks ease off the pedal. Uh, but that's not look, looking likely. In fact, it, it, very much the opposite, it seems. Yeah, good Good morning, Phil. That, that kind of move higher in, in yields globally over the past kind of week and a bit on the back of the kind of, you know, the resilience in, in payrolls and that kind of, you know, some room for optimism, but hardly kind of particularly quick progress on, on CPI that we had through through last week has kind of, you know, seen central bank pricing continue to come in a little bit in, in the near term, especially in the US, as that kind of economic data just isn't providing that much um, space to breathe and the kind of immediacy of some of these banking fears ease as well. In terms of, of Friday, as you mentioned, retail sales were lower than expected on that headline number. Um, but importantly there, the the ex-autos and gas number fell just 0.3% month on month, whereas consensus was for a larger 0.6% fall. So, you know, a, a fairly large decline in in gas in the month doing a lot of the heavy lifting on that that headline downside surprise and focus really on that that less volatile core number that suggested that that boost that we had in in the US consumer through January which was kind of weather boosted that did kind of come off a little bit through through February and March but overall through the first quarter suggests a, a pretty solid contribution from from consumption 
um, and you know suggests again just that story of of resilience. And so there was a pretty sizable reaction in in the in the dollar and in in US two year yields on on the back of that data. US two year yields up, you know, as much as fifteen basis points off off that data, which is a, a fairly strong reaction. But then kind of a, around that, you had kind of the, some comments from from Fed speakers shortly after and then some stronger consumer mm. confidence numbers a couple of hours after as well, just kind of reinforcing that move. Well, they are, as I said in the introduction, quite divided, the, uh, the you know, the messages we're getting from the Fed, isn't it? Because, uh, I mean, we had Christopher Waller on Friday saying basically there's not been much progress at all on trying to get inflation down to 2%. Things have moved sideways was his line, so the Fed needs to do more. Bostic uh, looking for more of a pause after another hike. Uh, that seems to be uh, what he's looking at. Whereas, you know, as we talked about last week, Goldsby uh, and Daly last week, wondering whether actually any further hikes were necessary. So we've got no cohesive view, it's fair to say, coming out of the Fed. Divided they stand, it seems. I, th- I think that just kind of speaks to the, you know, there's uncertainty in the backdrop. There's also that uncertainty about just how big the um, the impact of, of tightening um, credit through that credit channel is on the back of these, um, these this bank turmoil mm. earlier as well and also you know with rates getting to a level where you know a lot of fed officials think that somewhere around here a little bit further is going to be sufficiently restrictive and then it's about waiting for these lagged effects to come through there is a little bit of kind of difference of opinion starting to open up we saw from the um from the feds Waller that certainly from his perspective sees more to do um a more open-ended um kind of you know hawkish comment as well if you like saying that um you know monetary policy needs to be tightened further so you know potentially looking beyond the that may meeting as well and just noting that you know in his view financial conditions haven't significantly tightened um and that the data through the first quarter suggests that um tighter monetary policy and credit conditions aren't doing much to restrain aggregate demand just yet so you know seeing seeing in the case for for more hikes there we also had comments kind of you know potentially a little bit less hawkish from um from Bostick, but suggesting that 25 basis points in in may was likely um and then you know the main counter to that we heard from um Goolsby earlier last week he repeated those comments on friday as well saying that there was the case to kind of wait and, and look at how um the tightening so far works through the system but you know the net result of that is that you know the the um Banking fears, the Fed, we learned in the minutes or confirmed in the minutes that the Fed did take account of um, the potential for tightening lending um, on the back of um, what happened in in banking when they made their March decision and when they um, put those projections out that suggested at least one more hike. Um, and so, you know, it looks like the the sum of, of the data and, and what they're seeing from the more timely banking indicators suggests that there's, you know, nothing in there to, to stop them um, so far, at least in, in May. And market pricing has moved up to around an 80% chance of a May hike. Yeah, and people are not, are not worried about putting money into into bank shares either because we saw they, them rise quite a bit on, on Friday. Actually, generally, it's interesting how much money has been pulled out of. US equities. So generally, they might have been rising so far this year, but there's only a few weeks where there's actually been an inflow of cash uh, into into the share markets. But on Friday, uh, you know, we uh, saw JP Morgan shares up 7.5%. The Bank of America haven't reported yet, but they were up 3.5%. But look at the other end, real estate taking a hit uh, down about 1.7% overall. Uh, so, I mean, that just says higher interest rates. Got it written all over it, hasn't it? Yeah. So there were some interesting updates from, um, from, from 
some big banks on on Friday, and certainly kind of a key story in those um, in equity markets with financials outperforming, even with the S and P five hundred down down slightly on on Friday. So J P Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo all reported all topping forecasts, and um, you know importantly, at least in um, the reporting from from the W S J, their their kind of overall summary from from analyst calls and other things was that those large banks at least didn't see. Um, a material change to their um, their own lending plans as a result of what's happened, um, and so you know also a, a quote from um, J.P. Morgan chief Jamie Dimon, notable as well, noting that I wouldn't use the word credit crunch. So while they still see you know elevated risk of, of a recession and and expectations of a, a slowdown in activity, increasing provisions around that, um, you know certainly nothing in there to suggest that kind of you know there's a, a very acute shock at least through these big banks that have benefited from from some of yeah. the, those deposit in flows. We're just going to say, yeah, a lot of deposits moving from the smaller banks, so they're looking sweet, aren't they? So just on that expectation of where we go then with interest rates, I mean, the Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, that, uh, you know, 12-month out read of where people think inflation is going to be, uh, it was heading down, wasn't it? Uh, it got down to 3.6%. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, with the numbers we saw on Friday, back up to 4.6%, which is the highest since November, sort of destroying, uh, you know, what, what's been a general trend downward since the middle of last year. I mean, we've had mild fluctuations in it, but generally the trend's been down until this one. And this is quite a big lift. Yeah. So the, the consumer confidence indicator did come in a, a little bit above um, consensus on, on consumer confidence, again, suggesting that, you know, there's not there's not no impact in the, the recent banking sector turmoil. That's very clear, but certainly among consumers, not, not too much concern showing up in the consumer confidence survey um, I would be reluctant to focus too much on that that one year inflation expectations number it can be fairly volatile and we yeah. had a, a pretty meaningful lift in gas prices so far oh. through April as well yeah. so you know watch for that to potentially reverse next month that longer term one which is key for whether inflation expectations are anchored that five to ten year expectation that was flat at 2.9 percent for a fifth straight month so so less concern what there. you're saying is consumers what do they know that's that's what you're saying isn't it uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. You can't. Uh, look, uh, we had uh, Pierre Wunsch from the uh, National Bank of Belgium. I think this I think this is after our, our podcast on Friday. He was talking on CNBC anyway, uh, talking about the whole European situation, saying core inflation has been heading the wrong way for three months. So he seemed to be implying, looking at the questioning, it wasn't very clear. I mean, obviously, he was thinking there's going to be another hike, but he seemed to be implying that, well, yes, a 50 basis point hike, if we don't see the data going, uh, you know, in the uh, switching direction, 50 could be on the books. Yeah, so some interesting comments from from Wunsch and a uh, uh, um, cast of um, ECB speakers in the, the later part of the week, actually, you know, conf- the key message being that you know no surprises core inflation is is still high and certainly there did seem to be some a lot of a lot of ECB governing council members suggesting that 25 or 50 basis points is is that choice in in May um Wunsch did say that there is you know a strong consensus that that more tightening is needed um looking at at some some other comments you know, strong consensus. Uh, uh, potentially, we did see um, Centino suggesting that um, that the choice in May should be between a pause or a quarter point hike, and, and they don't see any reason whatsoever to do more than twenty five. But you know, elsewhere we had um, Vassal suggesting that twenty five or, or fifty is where the decision should be. Um, 
Kazakhs, who's been hawkish for a while, suggesting doesn't see any reason to, to slow down on, on rate hikes. And so certainly there's there's plenty of members there thinking that it's more tightening is, is needed and it's between 25 and 50 rather than rather than 0, 20 and 25 at, at the next meeting. Um, and, you know, again, that's kind of reflected in, in market pricing as well, which, you know, the ECB pricing for for May now sitting at 32 basis points. So we're allowing around a 30% chance of that, that larger 50 basis point hike. Um, and that's up around 10 basis points over the last week. So certainly pricing shifting in that direction as well. So in a nutshell, we are pretty much basically where we were before we saw the banking crisis, aren't we? So like banking crisis has been averted. Uh, nothing to see here now. Let's move on. We are back on the agenda, pretty much where we left off. I think in the in the near term, it's suggesting that central banks don't really have the the case to um, to slow down and, and lose sight of that inflation imperative in, in near term pricing. But you know whether it's you know a concern that it will it will be overdone and and hit more quickly and, and require cuts towards the um, further out, mm. or whether it's um, whether it's that there is just that that risk now of um, you know something happening that that isn't visible ahead of time yeah. and causing a sharper exactly. downturn that means yeah. more hikes. So you know in the near term, not much room to to um, you know take the foot off um, the the pedal on on rate hikes. But you know further out those risks and that market pricing, um, especially in the US, yeah. still pretty out of step with with comments from Fed yeah officials. exactly. While well, we wait to see what breaks next. Now, <laughs> not a lot today. So the NAHB housing market index in the United States and the Empire Manufacturing index we get uh, china's one-year lending rate we get new zealand food prices and their their performance services index uh that's it really for today but a busy week ahead isn't it we get employment numbers and retail sales for the uk inflation numbers for canada new zealand the uk and japan we get the ifo read for germany we get activity data for china we get the pmis later in the week for europe the us and uh, you know and the rest of it uh the rba minutes the beige book for the us so a lot there so i guess new zealand inflation is going to be interesting isn't it given the slowdown in the economy uh and um yeah and i guess also sort of like a, a bit of a foretelling of where we might be going in australia as well yeah that's right so australian inflation not not until the week after but in our part of the world that that new zealand number on on thursday will be will be very interesting our bnz colleagues are looking for a 1.7 percent quarterly read which would um, maintain that annual rate of inflation at seven point two percent. Consensus slightly below that at one point five percent, with that that headline rate falling back to to six point nine. Either of those would be slightly below where the RBNZ most recently forecast inflation. Um, and importantly, um, you know what we hear from our BNZ colleagues is that they're looking for a um, a slightly less worrying number on that um, domestic um, non tradables inflation part of the basket um, than than the RBNZ was feeling. And so, you know, that will be very interesting to see that, you know, whether inflation is kind of credibly past its peak in, in New Zealand and heading in the right direction, given the, the RBNZ is, you know, fairly, very focused on just how elevated inflation is in the path back from here. Right. And the RBA minutes as well, of course. I mean, the one thing to look for, are they going to hike in May? That's the question. And are we going to get any giveaways in the in the minutes from that? Or has it all been said? That's right. Maybe too much to hope for, for, for too much clarity from the minutes. We've already heard from, uh, <laughs> from from Governor Lowe. But, you know, I think the key thing will be, you know, they did pause. They have suggested that, you know, that more tightening may well be needed. It's not especially clear from their comments so far what that baseline is. If the data comes in broadly as expected, does that keep them ticking higher or does that kind of keep them on hold? And so, you know, from the 
a bigger elaboration of that of that decision could help us kind of size up just what that threshold is um, to ticking higher. Right. And we are in the midst of US earnings season as well. Nothing today but Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Johnson & Johnson, Netflix, all Tuesday in the US. And because of the time difference, we might be able to scoop up a few aftermarket announcements in the podcast as well this week. But nothing till uh, nothing till Wednesday morning. I think that is enough to go on for now. Uh, we'll let you go, Taylor. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Phil. Well, there we are. As another week kicks off on the morning call, I'm Phil Dobby for NAV. I'll see you again tomorrow morning.